Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now. From the dirt tracks across Australia, welcome to Inside Speedway with Dennis Newman and Craig Revelle. And it's great to have Dennis Newland with me once again on Inside Speedway. And Dennis, the Australian Sprint Car Championship has been decided and it is Jamie Veal who is the new champion. Yeah, that's exactly right, Craig. And thanks for inviting me again back onto your show. And yes, Jamie Veal took out the Australian title. But um, I give plenty of praise to the runner-up, um, Marcus Dumsney, uh, what, what a great effort, um, tremendous drive, and of course Kerry Kerry Madsen in the third, but uh, tremendous title, and uh, I mean it just goes to show that um, it was a bit of a rough and tumble race, but we'll be talking a little bit more about it as the show progresses. A lot of cars up on their head with James McFadden, who won at the Classic, and coming up on this week's show, Dennis, we've got Caden Brown fresh from the Chili Bowl and New Zealand, along with Kai Waters of Kingaroy, who is the King of Kingaroy after his win at the King's Royal two weekends ago. We better focus in on the, uh, on the sprint car title at La Trobe, and they had to, yep. they had to do yep. a lot of work because they got cut short on the first night because of rain. Yep, look, there's no doubt about it. You're talking a modern era speedway. Well, they, they did. The rain certainly affected the running of the title this year. And, and, and look, as far as what it counts for in the modern-day era, I'll preface it that way, there's no there's no doubt. Look, the Australian Swing Car Championship carries a lot of clout, carries a lot of weight, and, and, and it does. And, um, you know, the, the point of it is uh, it's developed into one of these iconic races um, and, and, you know, it is a great period and a great time of the year for sprint cars when this event culminates. I mean, it all centres around, you know, like the timing this year with the, with the classic. Oh, there you go, the classic. <laughs> um, and, and then across to Tasmania for the Australian sprint car title. Look, um, I, I think I've got, I got some viewpoints on the Australian sprint car championship and, and, um, people probably wouldn't agree with me. You know, I, I just cannot uh, totally ever agree, but I know it's the way of the world and I know it's how we work it. I know it is the year we are in and people accuse me of living in the past and knock me for all these things. And yes, I can accept all that, but I still say, okay, call Marks, Jamieville won it and you've got to stay in front of the field to win it. So you've got to be faster than anybody else. And I give him all the credit. So I'm not knocking the bloke. But Craig, he won it off the pole position. Like, like he won it, but he didn't pass anyone. You know, I mean, lap traffic excluded. He, you know, well, he did drop back. He, James McFadden and Dobson got in front of yep. him, so he's he's had to he's had to uh, bide his time. But yeah, well, in in theory, I'm saying yeah. you, you are right. That's what did happen. But but I I sort of say that in jest. He didn't pass anyone. But, I mean, how would he have gone starting out of 12, you know? Um, 
Uh, but look, uh, look, it's an argument that. Uh, oh, look, it's, it's it's a modern day where we live, and I'm I'm not knocking the bloke. I'm, I want to reinforce that point. You know, he won it. He had to get to the lead. He had to stay out in front. He had to he had to you know a hot field. He had to be faster. He had to keep the lead. He had to do everything. He had to tick all the boxes, and he did. So he won it. So good luck to him. Congratulations mm. to Jamie Veal. He becomes the first driver since Robbie Farr to hold. Yep. The 360 and the 410 championships. So that's quite yeah. a, a record in yeah. and of itself. And Craig, I can add another very interesting statistic to Jamie Beale's success. He is only the sixth Victorian since 1963 to win the Australian, firstly, hot rod, then super modified, and then, of course, sprint car national championship. He now joins, here you go, a pretty impressive lineup here. Billy Willis, the inaugural winner at Windsor in 1963, I was there, <laughs> which I'm showing my age too. Um, Billy Willis, 63, then Graham McCubbin, Brett Lacey, Max Dumsney, and David Murcott. Now, look, that's a great honour. Only six Victorians since 1963. You know, so, uh, you know, he's he ticked all the boxes, Jamie Veal, and, and good luck to him. Um, you know, he's he's up there, he's a national name, he's raced in America, he's he's done all the right things and um, you know, um um yeah, look, you know, he is the national champion and, and I and I probably would uh say that this national champion is going to travel, he's gonna be seen around Australia, he'd probably do a stint in America, but he will travel as the national champion in Australia and I think that is very, very important. We want to see the national champion race here. And, um, you know, so, so he ticks a few boxes here, Jamie Veal. We, we, we just hope we can, Craig, you and I can catch up with him for a chat on, on the show. That'd be nice. Yes, we've been chasing him all week, and unfortunately he hasn't we been have. able to give us some time. Kerry Matson yeah. rounded out the podium yeah. there. And yeah, a good effort again. Yeah, yeah, you know. He just keeps on keeping on, doesn't he? You he know? does indeed, yeah. Stephen Lyons... Jack Lee, Brooke Tatnell, who had to come from the B-Main with Matthew Dumsney, Danny Riley, yep. uh, Jamie Bricknell yep. and Peter Dukas rounding out. Yep. That would be the 10. I, I, I do want to give some praise to Marcus Dumsney. I mean, what a what an effort. What a great performance. And he did win the uh, the second night. Um, I think I'm right to say the second night. Uh, I, don't, I don't, by the way, have any notes in front of me just doing all this <laughs> off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, what a great effort for the Dumsney family. And, and I do feel his turn will come. He's got everything on his side, age, experience, of course. He's only going to get better. Um, what a great achievement for the Dumsney family at, at Warrnambool. I mean, that is, that is just great, you know. Look, um, to, to, uh, sorry, not at Warrnambool, but at Latrobe, but it, what a great honour for the Dumsney family in the era of the Australian Sprint Car Championship. I'll, I'll get the words right in a minute, right? Um, but, you know, that, that's the whole point of this. Uh, the Dumsney family, synonymous with the Australian Sprint Car Championship through his dad, Max, and, and the, the, the generation, the next generation, the young Dumsney, they're, they're sensational, you know? And um, Marcus has had a great season in Sydney, and, uh, you know, he's already a national name, a well and truly established and, um, you know, he'll, he'll just go from strength to strength. There's no, no question of that. 
But, you know, full marks to the people running it, full marks to the promoters. It was it was a tough weekend weather-wise. They, they got it all done. It all came together really, really well. Mm. So, uh, so generally speaking, um, all full marks all around, you know. Well, um, the sprint cars continued their season with a number of the drivers over there racing in the world of outlaws, and we'll see them back here in a, a few weeks' time. But for the guys staying in Australia, they're off to Murray Bridge this weekend for the Ultimate Speedway Challenge round number six, and yeah, that right. will be where we'll see the action for yep. this weekend. We do have to take yep. a break, and on the other side of the break, Dennis, we are going to be speaking to a young guy who put on a awesome display of racing in the King's Royal up at Kingaroy when he took out the victory, uh, well, was that two weeks ago, and that is the Australian champion of the Modifieds, Kai Walters. Inside Speedway is available on sportsradio.com.au, iTunes, Spotify, and the dirttrackchannel.com. Well, it's great to be joined on the line by the, uh, the new king of Kingaroy Speedway. It's Kai Walters, the Australian champion. You wear that Australia one with pride, but what a race over that Australia Day weekend. It was thrilling to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's great to be on the show, so thanks for the invitation. Uh, the Kingaroy, it was a massive weekend, so it's uh, over three nights up there at Kingaroy in Queensland, and... Um, 80-something modified to the end, then, yeah, huge weekend and huge success for the club and pretty handy race in the end. It looked like they started about 50 in the feature. Ah, uh, yeah, not quite. I think there was 24 that started. So, yeah, there, there was five qualifying heats and take the top 24 in a feature race. So, yeah, pretty cool. Kai, what is it about this King's race, King's Royal? What, what is it about it? It's it, it developed into a major event, particularly in the momentum it's gained in more recent years. What do you put that down to? Uh, just the atmosphere that the, the track generates is cool. It's just a little showground track in a sort of a small town and um, they, they share the speedway with the caravan park and then everyone camps and there. it's just a fun weekend and everyone gets pretty, pretty excited over it. And the racetrack um, is always very, very good and produces excellent racing. So I think it's just a draw card for the competitors and the prize money is huge as well. So that's no, just, uh, just gangbusters. I know. The, the prize money purse has grown as well and $10,000 to win for a modified sedan race is, is very good prize money payout. And, and I think that adds, would obviously agree to the prestige of the status of the event. Yeah, 100%. I think the prize money is a draw card. To the start, I reckon getting the, um, the event sort of, sort of a, like marked into the calendar for everyone, but now I think it's more prestige about winning the King's Royal. I don't think you a lot of competitors. I think the money's a bonus rather than the actual uh, draw card now. It, it, as I said, it was a great race, and you and Aidan Raymond was side by side. It was it was a two lane racetrack for most of the night, and I I know Matty Smith got up there, who's had success before. What was it like? Because until I reckon, until about the second last lap, you and Aiden hadn't touched. Yeah, no. I must say, it was a fair bump. Um, 
ten thousand dollars on the line, and uh, I have full trust in Aiden. So, um, no, nah, it was just one of them things. That didn't really put a hand on the race; it just made it pretty exciting. So, uh, I have no issues with the bumps, and no, uh, just fifty laps is around King always pretty full on. We're both pretty exhausted after the race, so uh, no hard feelings there. Well, you are the national champion in the modified in the modifieds. What's the plan yep. for the rest of this season? Um, we're going to race the national title again this year down at Carrick in Tasmania. So we'll try to go there and to defend that. That's uh, I think in uh, middle of March or later in March that weekend. Then um, Victorian title at Mildura Simmons Speedway still to come. Then um, we have a few rounds of the VMPA Tri-Tech Series down home. At two rounds left of that to go. So. There's still a lot of racing happening, and um, no, it's going to be good. Kai, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your car, and, and this is a, this is kind of a, a, a two-edged question. What sort of car do you drive? Uh, I drive an AU Falcon, believe it or not. Okay. Now, my reason for asking that, um, it's either Falcons or Commodores, yet years ago there was modified production sedans, now it's just modified sedans and you've got production sedans as a separate category altogether. How did that happen? Why did it happen? And what are the differences in specifications? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, I, honestly, I don't know the actual reason behind the name change. I think it was just to clarify the two different classes. I think production sedans and modified production sedans are a bit easier to get confused and that. So I'm not sure. With, the name changed a few years ago. I'm not sure on the actual dates, but... Um, no, so modified sedans, we have racing rubber, so who's using American races? Um, we're allowed to do pretty much anything you want to the motor, bar, change the stroke, and change the throttle body. Um, we have a, our suspension's a lot more open. We're allowed to run racing shocks and whatever brand racing shocks you want. So you can run like Pros or Ascos or whatever drink car guys are using nowadays and um, production for sedans, they're a bit more road car based, so they're still on a radial tyre. I think they're not allowed to race in wheels. Their uh, engines not allowed to do as much. I don't think they're allowed to modify the motors as far as we can. And um, yeah, their suspension is a lot more road, road car going. So that's the main differences. They sort of look the same, but my modifieds are a bit quicker and. Uh, bit more uh, hotly contested, I reckon. What was your background in getting into Speedway? Uh, yeah, um, my dad raced uh, oh, down in Victoria. They used to call them fender benders. Uh, sort of what street stocks, I guess, are near. Um, he raced them for a lot of years, and then um, obviously I was just sort of brought up from that. Then he went and raced wingless sprints for a little bit, and then um, I was lucky enough on my 10th birthday, actually, I was got given a junior sedan so I started off in a K30 Toyota Corolla as a SSA junior sedan so that was my first race car and then um, I raced juniors for six years and progressed into modifieds after that What has been your racing goal? Where do you want to end up? That's a good question In Australia I always just wanted to win a national championship and I was lucky enough to do that last season but um, honestly I'd really love to go over to America and Maybe have a drive on a late model or something like that, but um, we'll wait and see if, we, if an opportunity ever arises or whatever. But that's 
probably my ultimate goal at this point in time. Do you uh, do you see like modified production sedan, uh, production sedan, modified sedan, um, as a stepping stone either to super sedans or, or late model sedans? Yeah, I definitely reckon they are. Um, any any racing, I think, is a stepping stone. But there is a big difference between a modified and a super sedan, obviously being a chassis car, V8 motor, and a hell of a lot more horsepower. So, no, I think you can definitely make transition. I think uh, Kai Blight's a good example. He's just won the national late model title and doing cool stuff in America. He was running modified a few years ago. So it's definitely, it's definitely going to be done, for sure. How much does it cost to put a, a very competitive modified sedan on the track? Um, probably within forty to sixty thousand dollars to get you a front running car and all the good stuff you need. Yeah. Well, Kai, it's been a pleasure to speak to you on Inside Supercars today. When's the next outing? Uh, our next race will be at uh, Heartland Speedway in Moama on the twenty second of February for I think it's the sixth round of our Victorian uh, VMPA series. So yeah, can't wait to get back out there. Well, you've got a couple of weeks to get everything ship shape and ready to go again. Yeah, absolutely. We got a little bit more um, prep work to do this week. Just a bit of damage and a fish slap race is pretty hard on the gear, so we'll go through everything and make sure everything's uh, good to go again. And, yeah, can't wait. Congratulations, King of Roy. A great victory. A great victory. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics magazine. On sale now. Well, it's great to have Caden Brown, who's been jet-setting from the Chili Bowl to a couple of races in New Zealand and now back in Australia ready to prepare himself for the Australian Speed Car Championship. Caden, thanks for joining us here on Inside Speedway. Uh, thank you very much. I'm glad to be on the show with you guys. It's been an interesting time for you. Can we kick it off with your Chili Bowl experience? What was that event like? Um, that, the Chili Bowl, it was it's just so hard to describe. It was just a, it was such a good event. I've watched it for, for so long, and um, Gaxi being there, it just blew my mind. Uh, the atmosphere is just amazing. I've never been and seen anything like it or been a part of anything like that. And um, the track, it's just so unique. It's, uh, it's not too small. It's actually quite bigger than it looks on TV, but um, it's actually a really challenging track with... Uh, Obviously, there's a massive cushion that's on the wall, and then uh, the berm on the bottom of the track. It's, it's actually quite hard to run down there. So uh, I think the best man normally always wins, and um, yeah, they're really deserving winners normally because of how tough the competition and track is. How much are you going to be able to take out of what you learnt this year into the next time you appear there? Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be huge. Uh, you've got to be so aggressive at the Chili Bowl, I find, because uh, obviously. Your heat race is so important. Um, I've been told by so many people that probably the, the most important heat race you ever do in your life. So uh, we went, we started second in our heat and finished third, and that put us 40th on points just in our night. So uh, just losing one position put us right behind the eight ball from the start. So uh, obviously I'm going to learn. I've got to get up on the wheel pretty much from lap one, be really aggressive with my passing. So hopefully if I can get there back, back there next year in the Matwood Racing Team, uh, I think we're going to be really good. Caden, there's a very interesting statistic that uh, comes out of your performance uh, um, at the Chili Bowl this year. I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, the question was, uh, um, has anyone come as close to an A-main as what you did? You dropped through to the B on the final night. Do you know the answer to that question? 
Yes, I do actually. So actually, my dad's the closest to ever making the A main. So uh, he's been to he the was, he was Chile one, Bowl twice. One, yes, he was one spot away from transferring to the A main. Yep, the first, Yep, one spot away, and then the second year was two spots away. So he comes super close, but just not close enough, I guess. So hopefully next year I can try and get into that A main and take that record away from him. Yeah, was it everything you expected the Chile Bowl? Hayden, I mean, it's got an awesome reputation. It's developed. I mean, they've had indoor midget events in America for many, many years, and years even before the Chili Bowl. But, but in your view, seeing it, soaking it all up, what makes it so special? Um, it's probably just how big the event is. So, like, there's 360 cars there. There's 20,000 people each night. Um. It's just one of a kind, like, you don't really see any major racing like it. It's such a, a super small track, uh, the racing's so tough, the crowd get right into it. I do, it's just so special to be a part of, and um, obviously without top the competition is, it just makes it so hard to win the Chili Bell, and I guess, obviously this year you've seen Cole Larson, he's raced the Chili Bell for 10 plus years, and being such a world-class driver, and to only win his first this year was, uh, it goes to show how tough the event actually is. You moved on from the Chili Bowl very quickly over to New Zealand and uh, we, we spoke off air. It was amazing. It looked like you had that New Zealand title shot to pieces and a 20-cent part had brought you unstuck. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so I got real lucky enough to uh, drive the United Truck Parts USA 21 car over there in the New Zealand title and um, it was really fast. My uh, car, my crew chief, Sean Inslee, uh, he had the car on rails. Um, we led, I think we started third. And got to the uh, first in the first lap, and uh, pulled. It, we were able to pull a three-second margin in the first 15 laps. And then uh, after a restart, we pulled another little gap, and then yeah, the car just lost power, and unfortunately, uh, a battery terminal snapped, which is such a cheap part, which uh, let us down. So it was really shattering. But uh, just got to move on from that. We got obviously the Australian title coming up in a few weeks, where so I guess we can run for that Australia one. So yeah, just my focus shifts to that now, and uh, hopefully we can be back next year to contest the New Zealand title again. So you're prepping the car as we speak to head over to South Australia and going to Murray Bridge, it's a track you know very well. Uh, exactly right. Uh, I think probably the biggest moment in my life, or the biggest uh, the, a life-changing moment in my life come at that track when I was able to win the Australian title. Um, I love that track. It's probably my favourite track I've raced at so far in my career. And uh, uh, we had a a win there earlier this year, so hopefully we can uh, pick off from where we left off at the track and hopefully come away with another win. Caden, just harking back to your recent American experiences, um, how did your association commence with Matt Wood, Matt Wood Racing, the Californian car race and racing? How did and where did all that start? Uh, so I actually got, I got really fortunate. So uh, Stu McCarthy, the Dowdlin Raceway commentator, commentator, went over to commentate one of the big California races. And um, I think Matt might have asked him about, just like questioned him on international drivers. And uh, Stu, I was lucky enough for Stu to put my name forward. And um, I went over to Midget Week a few months later after he mentioned my name, just to, for a watch. And Matt got a hold of me and said, can we meet up, please? I'd like you to be in my car. So pretty much from that day forward, I think it might have been at Bloomington Raceway. We got talking and yeah, the deal was done right there. And hopefully uh, hopefully that deal can continue on into the future. That was my next question. There seems to be some 
good camaraderie there. Do you see this going on into the future for a number of seasons? Um, I really hope so. Obviously, uh, Matt, he's got such a good team, and uh, Shane and Dustin Golby, they put such nice uh, pieces of equipment together. So uh, I'd love to be in that team. They've helped me grow so much, but at the end of the day, uh, racing's a really serious sport. Uh, obviously, the team puts a lot of money into fielding really nice cars, so I just got to keep trying to do my job, keep trying to get results, and uh, and try and uh, yeah, get to the front of the American races. And uh, yeah, that's how I'll keep cementing my spot on that team. For someone who maybe doesn't know the intricacies of speed car midget racing, are there big differences in the cars that you run in the States compared to the midgets you run in New Zealand and then what you're prepping here back home? Um, they're, they're pretty similar, but obviously in America I ran a different chassis and engine package, so I did feel some differences in the car. Obviously, uh, the motor was much newer. It was a tiny bit more powerful, which I struggled with, but uh, by the end of it, they both my midget in Australia and in America felt pretty similar, and uh, yeah, we just were pretty fast. Uh, obviously, it's hard in America. Obviously, uh, the midget races and sprint car races, they do that for a living. They run 100-plus shows a year, so to try and compete with them is really tough, but uh, I think by being familiar with that car now, I think uh, we're going to be in with a good shot next year if I can get back over there. So you're not planning to go over in the Australian winter and do some racing? Um, we're trying to get a deal done for midget week with uh, one of the the big teams over there. It's just obviously uh, it's hard trying to get free rides in uh, this era, so we're just got to try and get some uh, financial financial amounts all sorted to get over there again. But uh, at the moment, I think we're going to be over there for Indiana midget week, which which will be really cool. Um, Caden, you're talking about different teams you've run for and, and, of course, different countries and different setups. Is, is it difficult to adjust from one team to another? I know you said the cars are pretty much basically the same, but are there any particular things you've got to do or change in your style or your approach when you're driving a car in America as opposed to driving a car in New Zealand as opposed to driving your own car at Valvoline Raceway? Um, yeah, it's actually, I found it to be very difficult to uh, keep transitioning, obviously. Um, not every car is the same, so they're obviously a bit different to drive, and then each team, they got got uh, different philosophies on how to set up cars, which is also different. So uh, I think the biggest thing was trying to get comfortable straight away. Uh, I've gotten used to my car back home so much that it was just so different again to another car. So I think I'm um, actually driving, I think I've driven six different cars now in the last three months compared to just driving one in the first three years of my career. So uh, I think it's going to make me a better driver, make me more versatile. So uh, eventually when I get more opportunities to drive different cars, I'll be able to get straight into them and be in the mix straight away. I, I'll tell you one thing, Caden, you, you've had a tremendous uh, natural talent. and Your years earlier on uh, in karting, how much of a role has that played as the transition has moved into speed car racing? Uh, yeah, so uh, I raced go-karts for eight years, I think, and uh, that was that was a massive uh, a massive fundamental into just shaping my midget career. Obviously, go-karts are uh, they just they just teach you all the the basics to midget racing. Uh, obviously, your throttle control, the amount of brake you use, how smooth you are on the throttle, and even it teaches you how to race close to different cars and all that type of stuff. So uh, obviously, I think. 
go-karting for such a long period of time and starting so young has definitely helped me excel in midget racing. Well, you had a pretty good guy in your corner with your father, Mark. He's been able to set you up right too and give you that advice and probably good to have someone you can bounce ideas off when you are trying to, when you're struggling with something and to find more speed. Exactly right. So uh, my dad's, I, I don't think people know how much he's actually helped me. He's obviously been at the top of the game for such a long period of time and uh, to have met him in his corner and he just uh, provides so much support. He's always trying to get me better. He's always spending a lot of money that we we really don't have to just get, get me keep doing laps, keep doing laps. So uh, if I didn't have him in my corner and obviously the rest of my family, like my mum and my sister, to provide so much support, uh, I don't think I would be where I am today. Well, Caden, it's a pleasure to catch up with you. We're looking forward to seeing how the next couple of weeks go as, well, we look for what is a huge event, the Australian Speedcar Championship, and all the best for it. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I'm looking I'm looking forward to the Australian title. I think we're going to be in with a good shot. Uh, it's going to be a tough a tough race. Obviously, we've got Michael Pickens coming over from New Zealand, then Carson Macedo, which is... Uh, yeah, from America, which are two mighty talented uh, drivers. But I think um, with all the support that my family has showed me, uh, my my sponsors and every car and I've driven for over the last five months, I think we're going to be in uh, tip-top shape come title time. Thanks very much, Caden, for joining us on the program and the best of luck in the upcoming Australian Speed Power Championship. Thank you very much. Hopefully we can get that uh, number one back on the tank. It'll be really nice. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now. And Dennis, as we wrap up this week's show, great to have Kai, what a, young, what a great young driver and representative of the Modifieds. Or I shouldn't say that, oh, Modified very, Sedans, yep, I should say. Yep, 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 Modified Sedans, and, and, a, and a great advertisement too, and and as the reigning national champion, it's good to see him carry a bit of responsibility for the media too, and which is which is very refreshing. Um, look, I think modified sedans in this country, um, particularly in the south east corner of uh, Queensland, uh, the prominence of those cars and the record entry list. And I know even when David Lander puts on a show at Castro Ledge, Lismore Speedway, always big numbers. So. Uh, but, yeah, he speaks well. He's a great advertisement for his racing category. No doubt about that, Greg. Well, a final look at what's coming up. We mentioned before that the uh, Australian spring cars are over at Murray Bridge, but for a lot of Australian drivers, or for the top Australian drivers, they've headed overseas and are uh, all part of this uh, Speeds Weeks week of racing in Florida for the World of Outlaws. Yep. Yeah, the new season. Uh, the 2020 season for the World of Outlaws kicks off this weekend at Volusia Speedway Park. Um, it will be, um, I think, probably a very competitive season on the World of Outlaws trail. Brad Sweet, Donny Shot going at it, at it again. Um, it'll be, uh, you know, a, a tremendous effort. Um, I believe Kerry Madsen and James McFadden have flown over, especially for the season opener for the Outlaws, uh, so that'll be interesting. And um, interesting to note, too, that uh, Darren Pittman, uh, this season with uh, Ross Motorsport, uh, that's a combination that bears watching. 
So there's, there's plenty happening and um, it's definitely the opening meeting and I think we've got 79 to go. Great. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a great season uh, on the Outlaws Trail. No, no question about that. It is indeed. Darren, it is. Now, of course, the thing is, is speaking of Darren Pittman, um, you know, he's he's looking at back-to-back dirt car nationals. This is a big win this weekend. So he's got a bit on the line, and as I said, uh, he's now driving for Ross, Ross Dennis Ross Motorsports, and um, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a, a tremendous. Season opener. Uh, he, he's well acquainted with the Ross Motorsport team, so I'm um, looking forward to this weekend and looking at the results as they come through. Well, I'm looking forward to catching up with you next week on the show, Dennis. It's going to be fun. As I mentioned, David Mills is going to be our guest, and we're going to talk about, uh, of course, everything that's going on at Premier Speedway as they build up to the Australian Speedcar title where we've heard that Michael Pickens and Carson Macedo are going to be part of the international representation there in a few weeks' time. Yeah, great, great to uh, always uh, looking forward to talk to David Mills and he's got a, a big show, the national title for Midget coming up and I'm uh, looking forward to that That's all we have this week on Inside Speedway. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll be back next week for more. Tune in next week for Promoters Week on Inside Speedway. Inside Speedway is produced by Thunder Media. Any reproduction, accounts, or descriptions of the program without written permission from Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now.